1: It is Wednesday, June 3rd, time for episode 353 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com and follow us on Twitter, at PatriotsCLNS. Welcoming back old friend, and I need one right now, Alex Barth covering the Patriots and all things Boston sports at 98.5 The Sports Hub. Follow him on Twitter, at Real Alex Barth. Of course, uh, uh, he worked with us at CLNS Media, Evan Lazar and Sierra Goodwill covering the Patriots. I say I need a friend because, let's face it, Alex, uh, these are not normal times. It's not been a normal week. Uh, It's been a very difficult week, and we're getting an idea, obviously, of uh, the kind of perspective needed when you compare sports to real-world issues.
0: Yeah, it's... um You know, you suddenly see a lot less people saying they miss sports, and I think rightfully so. Um, You know, one thought among many I've had the last few days is this national conversation that's happening, which is an important national conversation. Would it be happening if sports were going on right now? Would people be able to put all that aside and still be able to to attempt to have this dialogue? So, um, you know, it's it's – kind of been interesting to view it through that lens among a number of other lenses uh, obviously but uh it is just it feels really weird right now to to try to talk about sports but i mean we can we we can try
1: yeah we can try but i mean let's we're going to have to address the biggest issue in the room and there's no question that it's civil unrest and it's police brutality and you know the three deaths that have uh, come to mind most recently of course uh, george floyd in minnesota uh setting everything off and setting all the wheels in motion of the last six to seven days. Normally, as everybody who listens to this podcast knows, I like to keep it to just football. But as current events unfold, we have to address what's going on with the protests, the rioting around the country, and the voice of those in the NFL trying their best to calm things. And I'll start with uh, Brian Flores, uh, Miami Dolphins head coach. Of course, he has ties here in New England. And I think what's interesting about his comment and you know the Miami Dolphins uh put it out on um over the weekend and it's a really important statement and I'm going to read part of it at least and it goes as follows I've had the privilege of being part of many different circles that have included some very powerful and influential people of all different races and genders the events of the last few weeks have brought some of the memories of those conversations back to light I vividly remember the Colin Kaepernick conversations. Don't ever disrespect the flag was the phrase I heard over and over again. This idea that players were kneeling in support of social justice was something some people couldn't wrap their head around. The outrage that I saw in the media and the anger I felt in some of my own private conversations caused me to sever a few longstanding friendships. Most recently, I've had conversations about incentivizing teams for hiring minorities. Again, there was some outrage in the media that these talks would cause division among coaches, executives, and ownership. I bring these situations up because I haven't seen the same outrage from people of influence when the conversation turns to Ahmad Arbery, uh, Brianna Taylor, and obviously most recently George Floyd. Many people who broadcast their opinions on kneeling or on the hiring of minorities don't seem to have an opinion on the recent murders of these young black men and women. I think many of them quietly say that watching George Floyd plea for help uh, is one of the more horrible things that they have ever seen, but it's said amongst themselves where no one can hear. Broadcasting that opinion is clearly not important enough. I lead a group of young men who have the potential to make a real impact in this world. My message to them and anyone else who wants to listen is that honesty, transparency, and empathy go a long way in bringing people together and making change. I hope that the tragedies of the last few weeks will open our hearts and minds to a better way of communicating and hopefully create that change. End of statement from Brian Flores, which was uh, tweeted out on May 29th, so that would have been uh, Friday night, uh, last Friday. And uh, obviously, what's going on? Your your thoughts and what you heard from Brian Flores. You know, you knew Brian Flores; you covered him here with the Patriots. Uh, Alex Barth, what did you think of that that statement?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's you know, whether it's about football or not. He was always, you know, a very interesting person to hear speak. And a lot of Patriots coaches are like that. You know, people think of Bill as the guy who's just going to stand up there and it's like talking to Brick Wall. But a lot of the assistants, uh, you know, Flores was like that. Ivan Fierce was another guy, Joe Judge, who's now with the Giants. I mean, Bill Belichick is bringing in intelligent people or intelligent beyond football. And, you know, I, Brian Flores is a really unique experience with his background. I'll let people Google it. I won't, I won't, I won't take up the time. But yeah, you know, it's, from a football specific point, it, it's hard not to kind of look at the Colin Kaepernick thing and, and see how people view that versus what, what view going on now. And I remember when that happened, you know, I was, I think, 17. Uh, I didn't really understand who was doing it first and I, it, it kind of upset me. And then I just sort of stopped and listened, uh, to what it was really about. I, a professor in one of my classes, I was actually, I was older because so I was in college. Um, a professor in one of my classes basically explained to us one day, like, this is what this is really about. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. That's, you know, First Amendment, he's protesting, I get that. Um, and I think that's kind of what Brian Flores is saying, that, you know, if these people, instead of just yelling about it, just sort of stopped and looked at what was going on and allowed themselves to be educated, instead of just, you know, having their opinion and their opinion is what it is and it's never going to change, um, you know, I, I think that – that was kind of the message he was getting across. More people need to do that. He did it very powerfully and, and very eloquently. And, um, you know, just, they, I, I, you know, like I said, he, he's a very well spoken guy. He's a quiet guy. He didn't really talk a lot. Um, so to have that lengthy of a statement and get that in depth and that personal, it, it, you know, kind of threw me back. And that was, you know, another level of it hitting me just, just kind of how serious some of this stuff is. So, um, yeah.
1: You know, what's important to note here, Alex, uh, speaking with Alex Barth of 98.5, the Sports Hub, what's important to note to me is Brian Flores has been critical of his own. Uh, meaning he has criticized black players and uh, black athletes uh, in the past for uh, stepping outside socially accepted boundaries and going beyond the law. And he has absolutely a 100 percent come down on the opposite side, meaning uh, I'm not justifying any type of violence. I'm not justifying breaking any laws, whether those laws be in society or within the in the confines of the of the dressing room. He is not going to allow people uh, in his dressing room or on his team to break the laws uh, and, and the guidelines set for that particular team just to make a statement. However, he does want them to make the statement. And I know we're parsing words and and we're kind of um you know riding the line a little bit here. Uh, but I think it 's important to note that Brian Flores has been very fair and very um level headed about all of his statements that he makes publicly
0: and i I think not taking anything away from Brian Flores here. I think a lot of people have been and I think it 's easy for that stuff to get overlooked because it 's not you know it 's not necessarily sexy to see somebody make a calm rational point in a calm rational manner uh but that you know uh, I'll, I'll throw Jalen Brown in here too, you know, what he's done the last couple of days. I mean, really, it's like, but specifically it's been highlighted the last couple of days, last couple of weeks, you know, people like that, people with, you know, both an understanding and, and not just, you know, a, a glimpse, but a true deep understanding of the issues and understanding of what needs to be done. I don't, I don't know a lot of this. I'm learning a lot as to, you know, I've always understood there was a problem. I didn't necessarily always understand what needed to go into fixing it. Uh, but I've learned a lot from listening to people like Jalen Brown, listening to people like Brian Flores, and I'm grateful that they are out here educating, among other things, because uh, they don't, you know, it's not their job to teach me, but they are. So, you know, we could use, you know, uh, just a lot more people like that, a lot more people just kind of putting their cards on the table and saying, "This is what it is, this is the situation, and this is why people are upset, and this is what needs to be done about it." So, you know, all the credit in the world for Brian Flores to Brian Flores for. Um, handling it in a manner that's—I um, don't want to say like easily digestible because no, this I, is not easy, <laughs> But um, you know, he—I I really can't think of the word, but just the, the way he's he's gone about, it, kind of like what what you said before. Just you know, he's he's been to the point about everything. He's not mincing words.
1: Speaking with Alex Barth of 98.5, the Sports Hub, and you can follow him on Twitter, at RealAlexBarth. You've tweeted out some very interesting perspectives uh, on Twitter over the last couple of days. I uh, highly recommend people go to your page and check them out. When most people try to lose weight, they think exercise, whether they actually start exercising or not, the results are normally the same either way. I say the same because losing weight is all about nutrition. With Awaken 180 Weight Loss, you'll receive a customized nutrition plan weekly, one-on-one coaching, and the option to receive 80% of your daily foods to help you lose weight your first week and each week after until you're down to your ideal weight. During your weight loss transformation, you'll be gaining the tools to know what and how to eat so you can keep that weight off for the long term. As always, Awaken 180 will provide you free support for life. It's worked for Cedric Maxwell, Scott Zolak, Dan Ray, Kyle Draper, Andy Gresh, and thousands of others. Now it's your turn. Call the long-term solution for weight loss and the official weight loss program of the Boston Red Sox, Awaken 180 Weight Loss Online at awaken180weightloss.com. Back with Alex Barth of 98.5, the sports hub. Um, look, I mean, we're both white guys, and you know, let's put that right there out there uh, on the table. And we cannot, as Brad Stevens said in his Zoom call to, with us in the media on Tuesday, we cannot sit here and pretend to know what an 18 year old African American uh, male in, let's call it Dorchester let's call it uh, West Roxbury let's call it Brooklyn it doesn't matter we cannot relate with what they're going through
0: yeah no I I, and I you know I I meant to say it at the top I didn't but yeah I don't again I don't really I I I see you I hear you to those people I, I don't I can't imagine that I can't fathom that and I also think it's important for people to realize that you know just because it doesn't affect you directly doesn't mean it doesn't affect you. And I think, you know, so I'm a little background on me. My, um, both of my dad's parents are Holocaust survivors. So I learned a lot about that growing up. And I remember, um, my mom teaching me, uh, showing me this, I don't know if it's a poem or whatever, uh, uh, uh saying that came out. And it was from this, uh, some Polish community leader, and basically he said, you know, first first they came for the socialists. And I was a socialist, so I didn't say anything. Then they came for the unionists. I was a unionist, so I didn't say anything. Then they came for the Jews. I wasn't a Jew, so I didn't say anything. Then they came for me, and there was nobody left to say anything. So I'm not necessarily saying that's the direction it's going, but it's all interconnected. One of the quotes that's been going around a lot has been a, – uh, a th- I can't remember the exact words, but I think it's a threat – or no, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere, and – You know, yeah, I, I can't claim to know what it's like for, for people to go through and not experience some of the same privileges I do. But at the same time, I know that, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, very proud to, to be from this country and live in this country and life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness is a big thing to me. But I understand that there are certain people that don't feel like they are afforded that in this country. And I want to do my part, whatever that may be to make it so we get to a point where everybody can say that they're proud to be an American and they believe that they do have full access to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So, um, yeah.
1: Well, I I would tell you, Alex, that one of my concerns is sports has always been a great release outlet uh, a great escape for a lot of people. Uh, And I just don't think it's going to be that way anymore. And I just don't see it. You know, And I understand – the era we're entering where uh, sports and it has been this way for at least a decade, I'd say, where sports teams and players um, feel that uh, they have that platform where they want to make people aware that they're not just playing a game out there to entertain people they want to affect change and i think that can be very very good but i think for those people and i'm of that uh, i'm of the generation that grew up with sports in the 70s and the 80s where sports was a lot about fun just go have a good time cheer on your team you know cheer on cheer them on fiercely and i between the protests over um, civil unrest and civil rights, and the you know the killings of uh, George Floyd and others, and COVID nineteen, I don't see a world where we return and sports is ever the same.
0: Yeah, so I was watching the O two Lakers Kings Western Conference Final the other day with my brother, the Robert Ory shot game. When he hits, he hits the buzzer beater, point two seconds left, three-pointer. Lakers complete this massive 25-point comeback. They win the game. And as I'm watching it, you know, a huge part of what makes that moment so cool is the crowd reaction. And, you know, just speaking from the COVID point of view right now and how that's going to change things, like, like sports without fans is going to be very different. Uh, from the other, what, what you started talking about and sports being a conduit for change, I think sports has become such a huge element of day-to-day culture, bigger than it was. And I mean, I don't know directly, but I've I've heard people speak on it. I've seen the numbers. I wasn't around in the seventies or eighties, but it's it's become such more of a day-to-day conduit um of culture. And it's in it's more woven into our fabric. You look at how much public money goes into building stadiums, tax money, um, you know, the the massive security and and infrastructure that goes on to putting on a sporting event, right? Somebody's paying all those state troopers that are out on route one, you know, paying for all the the, the redirecting roadways and all of that, like that's coming from tax money. So I think that we've just hit a a point where sports has become too big for it to just be fun. I'm not saying that we're never going to get to the point where there's no problems and nothing to complain about. That would be great, but that's just not how life works. But, you know, if, some of this stuff can get, I don't want to say, I, 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 don't, I, again, I don't know all the answers. I don't, but instead of saying, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. Like maybe listen to what people are calling for, what some of these athletes are calling for and get to a point where, you know, and we've heard athletes say this before, they, they're using their platform because they should, but they don't get to a point where, where, where they feel like, the general public can carry it to the point where they don't have to be blasting us with that twenty percent. Everybody, not just athletes. Like, if we just get to the point where where some of this stuff we just handle, we don't need to be blasted with it constantly. So that's kind of been my thought: is you know, the people who are complaining they don't want to hear about change. Fine, let's get the change out of the way. Just let's just make the change because once it's changed, you don't need to hear about
1: it. Well, first of all, you have to decide what that change is. Right? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're not
0: the answers. That's a very over simplistic version of it. But I I would think instead of fighting the calls for change with more resistance, list, listening, like I've learned that so much. Listening helps. I would just encourage people before they just turn it off and say, I don't want to be preached at. I would encourage people just try listening. Just try it instead of just instantly hearing something non-sports and, and turning athletes off. Just try listening.
1: It'll be curious to see how a lot of the networks handle this um, and the messaging because it's going to be nonstop. There is no question about it, and I'm obviously very sensitive to it, and feel that 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 message has to be got um, has to be delivered, and that's why I spent the, a good portion of the opening of this podcast reading word for word Brian Flores' statement because I think it's important. And I think people do need to listen to the message. I think people peacefully need to stand up for, um on both sides uh, of the, I don't want to even say argument. There's no argument here. Right. I mean, everybody should be, as Brad Stevens said on Tuesday, there's no right-thinking person who be, isn't hurt by what's going on uh, through the violence, the protests, and, um, the deaths, uh, of the African Americans, uh, in the national, you know, spotlight. And nope, there's no one who doesn't feel badly about that. Um, my only feeling is that there's got to be a way where you, you articulate the message clearly, whatever that, uh, platform of change is, then deliver it in a way that people, can digest it, understand it, and proceed with it.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, but you know, I I think that you know, I would just add to that. You, you do have to factor in things are going to get emotional with something like this.
1: So, anything uh, that strikes you about uh, the way Patriots are handling the um, the pause here and gearing up for football?
0: Well, I, you know, it it did look like we might get training camp on time at one point. I don't know if that's still plausible due to a number of factors, but I, you know, I've seen a bunch of different teams say what they're doing, and I kind of wonder if certain teams are doing some things and not talking about it. Others are. I think it was uh, one of the pack. I want to say it was the Packers, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think it was one of the Packers... Rookies told the reporter and I saw this on Twitter that they had some program where, you know, every, it's like a zoom call. Everybody's on and basically the coach would call a play and everybody on the offense had to draw their specific assignment on the play. So like, I thought that was neat. It's kind of neat to see out here. How, like, I So I wonder, are the Patriots doing that? If they were doing that, would anybody say anything about it or is it one of those things they want to keep under wraps? So it's just interesting to see how different teams are handling it because you kind of have to reinvent the wheel here. And he still in a season to get ready for in theory. Um, so I I don't, it's gonna I don't think we're gonna necessarily gonna know, just given the nature of the Patriots exactly what they're doing right away. We may hear about it down the road. Um, I've talked to some, you know, just general football coaches about how they would handle it. And I've gotten, you know, everybody seems to have a different idea. I don't think we know, you know, I see people saying, Oh, this is a great idea, oh this is dumb in terms of how teams are handling it. And nobody knows because we've never been through this before, and I think we'll see the results on the field. You know, if there's one team that's not supposed to be that good this year and then all of a sudden they pop off for 10, 11, 12 wins, I think a valid discussion is going to be to revisit this point in time in the last two months and see, well, how did they handle their offseason workouts? Because I wonder if they did something other teams didn't that worked. So um, I know I didn't directly answer your question there, but that's kind of how I view this whole NFL offseason off workout period as a whole is I, I don't think we know what works and what doesn't. I think you can think certain things work. I think you can think certain things don't work, but we won't know until we see it on the field. And it's going to be fascinating, hopefully, uh, if, if and when we get a season to then backtrack and see what certain teams did and didn't do in terms of uh, social distance preparation.
1: Chatting up, Alex Barth of 98.5, the Sports Hub. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, betonline.ag. NASCAR is back, and BetOnline has hundreds of games, events, and sports to still get in on. You can bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC, or even participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. Visit the website or use your mobile device and join today to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Bet online, your online wagering solution. All right. We're wrapping up here with Alex Barth of 98.5, the sports hub. Um, Do you think at any point in time we're going to have fans in the stands for NFL games this year? I think we are, actually.
0: So an interesting idea I saw on Twitter, it came from Clay Travis, but and I know people feel their ways about Clay Travis, but I'm just giving him credit. I actually don't think it's on the surface not a horrible idea, is you go to 25% capacity, and charge four times the ticket prices. You let season ticket holders either buy into the four times prices or they give up their tickets for just the year, they go back in the next year. Yeah, there's issues with that in only the super wealthy would be able to attend NFL games, certainly. Um, and there's issues about fan access in that. But you get people in the stands, and you kind of hold that revenue. And look, I'm not saying you need to hold the revenue so the millionaires and billionaires can make money. This isn't anything like that. But the league needs a certain amount of money to operate. And if the salary cap falls off steeply next year, it's ultimately going to hurt the product. That That's what it comes down to. So if you can prevent that from happening, I think that's a decent plan. It's going to upset a lot of people. It's not necessarily the everyman solution, but I think what, it, and this is with all sports with coronavirus, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, there's no good ideas right now. There's only different degrees of bad and the right thing, the popular thing, and the smart thing are not necessarily going to line up. Those three things aren't necessarily – you're not going to be able to satisfy all three of those. So, you know, something like putting, again, 25% of people in the stands charging four times as much for tickets, it's not going to be popular. Morally, it's probably not a great idea. But that, to me, is going to keep, business-wise, keep things rolling. And I, I, I would be fine if all four sports of that, just for the year. And then you agree to go back, you know, you make sure the teams go back. There's some sort of agreement that they can't keep the ticket prices that high. Obviously, they're high enough already. That's a problem in itself. But um, if that, you know, if it's that or the NFL, the MLB, the NBA become a shell of themselves, yeah, I'd, I'd rather just one year only rich people at games. Like, I'll suck that up. So that's just my opinion on that.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, it will Depend on – I have felt this way from the beginning. I think it will depend on where the games are played, which states have which laws in place, and how liberal those states will be in allowing people uh, to convene in groups. Let me and... add
0: to, I, I know you just asked about the NFL, but you can't really answer that question about one sport, I think, because leagues are going to look at each other to see what they're doing. If any sport can play without fans, it's the NFL. They are a, a machine in terms of making money and popularity and all that. You know, I'm looking at baseball. What's baseball going to do? I'm legitimately about huh. the future of the MLB. I I wouldn't be, sh- you know, if things keep going this way, you could look at them essentially becoming relegated into, look, nothing against lacrosse. I love lacrosse and nothing against soccer. But could they become a niche league like the MLS or the MLL? I I wouldn't be shocked if that happens to baseball, the way things are going. That's not going to happen to the NFL. They can play here without fans and be fine.
1: You That's know what I different think? Different. I, I think we're gonna we're not gonna be able to evaluate all of this until fans are allowed back in and things get back to normal.
0: Well, it's, uh, it's good, slowly, and there are some people who say, "Well, you should either just let everybody in or not let people in." That's just not how life works. If you have to go to twenty five percent capacity first, I think you have to go to that first because you need to test this. You need to test things and see how things will react. You can't you you can't throttle back up from zero to one hundred right away. It's just not it, it doesn't make sense so i'm i i think it'll be throttled back up slowly and we'll see as it goes
1: yeah I, i'm i'm looking at probably two to three years i mean by I
0: about the, that 20, I mean, I mean, once there's a vaccine at that point you can kind of kick it back in right
1: we would assume it, it's all up to the legislators and the lawmakers and the governors and That's true. i don't know I I don't know. I'm, I'm just this isn't had has not been one of my happier podcasts just wow. because of what we're staring down as a country and um, the people that are in pain right now, namely in the African-American community. And, you know, I hate to wrap it up like this, but it's keeping in with the theme. We are we need to send thoughts and prayers out to Devin McCourty um, and yeah. his family for the I assume you saw this, Alex, the loss of, of their stillborn child, Mia McCourty. On May 24th, he uh, came out with an Instagram post uh, several days later. And, um, you know, your thoughts on on Devin McCourty and, and the kind of leader he is and how, you know, a guy like that has shown you over the years he, he'll bounce back from, you know, even something as tragic as this.
0: I mean, I can't imagine what he's going through. He already has kids, and then to go through that, I'll, I'll, this is what I'll say on that. He his locker's full of pictures of his family. He's always very quick to talk about his family and what it means to him to be a father, and uh, perhaps more so than anybody else in that locker. And, like, his family, you can just tell by spending five minutes with him, his family's his entire world. So to go through something like that, I, I can't begin to imagine what he's going through. And, you know, I hope that he he takes the time and the measures that he needs. And, you know, if, if he... Needs to take a break from football or whatever. I hope he does that. I hope that he's given the support to do that. And, uh, you know, I just, I just know how much family means to him. So, uh, the, you know, so to see something like that is truly, truly tragic.
1: Yeah. Uh, thoughts and prayers once again out to Devin McCordy and his wife, Michelle. Um, and I would time.
0: say to Jason McCordy too, because I know how close those two yes. are. Yes. I'm sure Jason is feeling it. Uh, pretty badly too, so uh, you know I don't want to, you know I want to include him as well in that.
1: Well said, Alex. Uh, want to have you back in happier times uh, where we can talk about things when the world is turned a corner, and I think you know hopefully that point in time comes sooner rather than later. I want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast. Thank our terrific guest. Alex Barth, it's been a while. Uh, he works covering all Boston sports, including the Patriots, for 98.5, the sports hub. Also, want to thank our terrific sponsors, betonline.ag and awaken180. For producer Mike Alonji and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso, this is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media.